And it came to pass that after they had ended the ceremony, that they returned to the land of Nephi, rejoicing because their wives and their children were not slain. Hey listeners, this is Neil from Book of Mormon Central, and today's podcast addresses the question, why is a ceremony mentioned after King Noah is executed? As prophesied by Abinadi, King Noah was put to death by fire by some of his own people. They turned on Noah and his priests in the wilderness when he commanded them to stay with him and prohibited them from returning to the land of Nephi to avenge the presumed deaths of their wives and children. As the people were on their way back to the land of Nephi, they met the men of Gideon and explained to them that they had slain the king, and then it says, after they had ended the ceremony, that they returned to the land of Nephi, rejoicing because their wives and their children were not slain. The use of the word ceremony here is somewhat puzzling, as seemingly nothing ceremonial is described as occurring. Royal Skousen, editor of the Book of Mormon Critical Text Project, believes ceremony may be a scribal error made when the text was copied over from the original manuscript to the printer's manuscript. Instead, he argues that it could have been the word sermon, which in Old English could refer to a conversation like the one between the men of Gideon and the people who slew Noah. The original manuscript for Mosiah 19 has not survived, but Skousen hypothesizes that sermon may have been misspelled as C-E-R-M-O-N, and that Oliver Cowdery then miscopied it into the printer's manuscript as C-E-R-I-M-O-N-Y, Oliver's misspelling of ceremony. Others, however, believe that there are appropriate ceremonial contexts alluded to in this passage. John A. Tavetnis believed that it was referring to the washing ceremony intended to ritually purify a manslayer. Drawing on evidence from the Bible and the ancient Near East, Tavetnis argued that the ceremony of Mosiah 19 verses 23 and 24 is one of purification associated with the onset of the fall festivals in the month of Tishrei at which time citizen soldiers in the ancient Near East returned home to engage in the fall harvest. This possibility works well since these men were returning from a military movement and the killing of their king. They returned with rejoicing, which could well have involved abundant offerings of thanksgiving, particularly on the recent conclusion of the celebration of Pentecost. Alternatively, John L. Sorensen has argued that the Nephites apparently had a standard execution ceremony that accompanied executions like that of Noah, as evidenced by the ceremonial speech or actions mentioned in connection with the executions of Nahor and Zemnariah. Ceremonial details are most clear in the execution of Zemnariah, which John W. Welch said was one of the most complete accounts of an execution ceremony found in any ancient record. Welch has shown that the account closely followed ancient customs of ceremony and law. After Zemnariah was hanged upon a tree, they did fell the tree to the earth. All the people who witnessed the hanging ceremonially cried out, invoking God's protection upon the people and a simile curse upon their future enemies, and they then praised and thanked God. The execution of Nahor is less detailed, but the mention of a forced confession between the heavens and the earth is strongly suggestive of the normal use of some kind of ceremony or rite of execution. No such confession or rituals of joyous exclamation occurred in the case of the killing of King Noah, perhaps because the priests of Noah had fled, the insurrection was incomplete, and the men were still uncertain about their fate when they met the men of Gideon. At that point, a cause for celebration and the ceremonial conclusion of the death of their tyrant king was certainly in order. 
In addition, Brant Gardner has suggested several other possibilities that were appropriate at this time, including a ceremony of greeting, or perhaps a ceremony of surrender to Gideon's men, or a truce which allowed the two groups to reunite and converse safely, realizing there was no longer any hostile intent. Gardner also suggested this word could be referring to the ceremony of formal submission to the Lamanites, which would allow these men who had deserted with King Noah to agree to the terms of the treaty already entered into with the Lamanites by Limhi and Gideon. This was then formalized by an oath upon their return to the city of Nephi, as described in Mosiah 19, verses 25. The exact nature of the ceremony, whether it be a purification ceremony, as suggested by Tevetnus, or the delayed completion of an execution ceremony, as suggested by Sorensen, or something else entirely, cannot be conclusively determined at this time. Indeed, for some, the reference to the ceremony appears to be one of those strange and puzzling things that Hugh Nibley said the Book of Mormon is full of. To Nibley, however, it is just the fantastic and incongruous which opens the door to discovery. He took each curiosity as a broad hint that new knowledge is awaiting. So it is with the puzzling reference to the ceremony. While it is possible that this is a scribal error, as proposed by Skousen, scholars like Tevetnus and Sorensen have shown that there are hints of new knowledge to be discovered by exploring several possible ceremonial and covenantal contexts standing behind Mosiah 19, verse 24. When this reference is brought into context with other passages describing executions of wicked enemies in the Book of Mormon, it becomes clear that there is customarily a ceremony involved, and one would especially expect that the execution of a wicked king would be no different. When biblical and ancient Near Eastern contexts are considered, the appropriateness in this multi-party passage of many aspects of ritual purification ceremonies becomes enlighteningly clear. What at first seemed puzzling is illuminated by several plausible settings and backgrounds after a little exploration. Whatever the possible meanings of the ceremony, the word would not have been included in this ancient record unless it stood for some very significant things. And thus, behind this one word, one can detect the solemn importance of several things, of protecting wives and children, of purification, of brotherly reconciliation and reunification, of covenantal submissiveness, and of giving thanks and praise to God. As Nibley once said, the Book of Mormon is tough. It thrives on investigation. Those who are willing to take it seriously, even when it at first seems strange or puzzling, will often find that new knowledge awaits if they will dig a little deeper into this rich and thoroughly rewarding book of scripture. Thank you for listening. For more information on the Book of Mormon, visit bookofmormoncentral.org and click on the Know Why tab.